Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I am Leah, and I am joined by Bonnie and Katie and Barb, and we are talking about our one cool poetry gal. So Bonnie already talked about Phyllis Wheatley, and Katie talked about Dorothy Parker, and Barb talked about Anne Sexton. Uh, But before we dive back in, I'm going to tell you all about the Gal's Guide calendar for the last week in April, April 24th through the 30th. So... Writer's Galaxy will be in the library and online Wednesday, March 29th at 4.30. On April 27th at 8 p.m., Book Club meets to talk about What You Have Heard is True by Carolyn, either Forche or Forche. Forche. It I is Forche. It, I, Forche. Like, Forche. I, I just made that up. Yeah. No, I, I like it better. Forche. It yeah. sounds like it's French, like Tarche. I like it. J.C. Penney. Exactly. That one, too. <laughs> So we're meeting on Zoom because Katie likes to do book club in her pajamas. You mean without my bra. And bra off, day off. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you need to register for that book club uh, Zoom link at galsguide.org. I'll send it to you the night before. Yes. The day of. Or the... Either one. You'll get the couple little, hours. Couple before. hours. It's all good. It's Take all good. Take a deep breath and it'll come to your inbox as soon as you need it. Yeah. You yep. don't need it until eight o'clock anyway. Really? Right. Seven fifty-six. Maybe. Don't be greedy. <laughs> Then on Saturday, April 29th, Tara Circle returns at 10 a.m. on Zoom, and that is going to be the last of our book study on Wisdom Rising before we move on to our next series. So register and keep updated. All these glorious events and more are at galsguide.org. So check them out. So I have a rando question, and it can be yes or no. It can, Or it can be whatever Katie wants it to be. Dear reader, these are not random. They are written in the script. They are. But which one you pick is rando. Close your eyes and point your finger. Okay, well, the one that I will pick randomly. So randomly. Is poems. Do they need to rhyme? No. Yes or no? Okay. No. Move on. <laughs> Barb says oh, no. Barb, cut it down. <laughs> Barb, have Barb's you heard of done. a poet named Dr. Seuss? <laughs> I have. Could be a Anything. <laughs> and he made it up words. Sound Amazing. He did, exactly. he did make up words. Yeah, I'm not saying that they can't up. rhyme. I'm right. saying that they don't have to don't rhyme. Have to. Do mm. they have to rhyme, Katie? Because I think Bonnie's going to be our, our tiebreaker on this. <laughs> Bonnie doesn't like yeah. it. Yeah. When people try to like twist a word to try and make it rhyme, <laughs> right? Like calling out Doctor Seuss. Because if it doesn't have to rhyme, <laughs> no, no he, that's just making up. Right, makes up a word. <laughs> That's like He's a whole musical oh, thing. Okay. Like that's fine, but you okay, got, okay, you know, okay. your normal ass poem, and then you try to like normal ass poem. Yes, like change the pronunciation of yeah. orange. Try to orange rhyme with a thing. I will Dorge. buy an orange at Target. <laughs> it's like it's fine. It doesn't have to rhyme. You don't have to like, you know. Right. It's like a yes. square peg, I... round hole. Like it's fine. I'm totally guilty of, of exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I think poetry can just be like whatever you want, man. Okay. Okay. Just like whatevs, okay. man. Whatever you want, man. I like it. Oh yeah. There you go. Yes, <laughs> it has been decided. This is not as violent as is a hot dog a sandwich, which I don't know if I'm I don't want to hear. Oh my god! I, I, I did not. I can't believe you went there. No. 
we have a ruling. It needs from to Ruth be not Ginsburg, so. RBG ever. Yes, RBG settled it. Ugh, I don't. I can't. I'm going home. <laughs> okay. So how about this? Before you go home, okay. Would you like to hear somebody who is? Uh, who would you like to hear somebody? Would yes. you like to hear someone who is totally infamous for her poetry? However, she might actually be more of a singer songwriter. <laughs> As long as she never contemplated the question of if a hot dog is a sandwich, then she I can not. hear this. I, I don't, she did yeah, not. I don't okay. think most people before outside time, this, this is room. before her time. Yes, mm. exactly. So, uh, so I'm actually going to try and put my lady into today's context as much Ooh. as humanly possible. Um, I'm going to compare her to a lot of modern day stuff, partly because it's easier. And secondly, because I've been on a lot of cough medicine while I've been researching her and while you I was writing colors. this, I did. So um, shit's going to happen during this yeah. episode is just what I'm saying. Okay. So I've been meaning to research this gal and I'm so glad that I finally did because uh, her myth and reputation has been vilified and heroized. I don't know if heroized is a word, by you the way. You just did that thing that Bonnie doesn't like. Oh. You, yeah. Heroized. heroized. She was doing a poem. It's, it's oh, okay. All right. <laughs> she don't rhyme it in the next line. I don't. I'm talking about Sappho, y'all. I'm going to talk about Sappho. Oh, Does everybody love Sappho? Sappho? Yes. Vilified and heroized. Yeah. I'm, I'm you mean Lapho? Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of Lapho. She's Sappho. Oh, okay. If you don't right. have my favorite fact, I will fill it in for you. Okay. I think oh. I do. Oh, but if you feel the need, you then, jump in. You yes, jump in. absolutely. I'm not going to stop you. All right, so this gal is like the Wayback Machine. She was born in around 630 BC, all right? That's not real. It doesn't sound like it. (laughs) So if you are Buddhist like me, that's 100 years before my dude Buddha Siddhartha Gautama, all right? If you are a history buff, also like me, that's 300 years before Alexander the Great, that's so it's a like long time 600 ago. 600 years before the Parthenon. Yes, exactly. So it's way, Where way back. you go. Yeah. Nice. Right? Exactly. It's like brain power. These, these right. little things help <laughs> give you context. Yeah, it's like a study of <laughs> minor. <laughs> Are you going to talk about that time you went to <laughs> Greece? <laughs> I've been there. I'm <laughs> still jealous Parthenon. about it. I am too. That's, uh, that's awesome. So in 630 BC, Sappho was born into a wealthy family on the island of Lesbos. Dun, 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 dun. Now, if you're thinking, hey, Lesbos, that's pretty close to that word lesbian. I'm going to tell you to strap in and strap on because this episode <laughs> is not safe for work. Oh, my God. And we're totally going there. That's right. A lot of cold medicine. A lot yes. of it. All right. So, and wine. Did you mention the wine? And there was wine this evening. Exactly. Right, right. So Sappho was like super famous in her day. She was super famous hundreds of years after her death. And I'm going to argue that she's still relatively pretty famous today, actually. So Sappho is known as the 10th muse, which is a Greek reference that Bonnie knows all about, mm-hmm. uh, to the nine muses of Greek mythology. Plato, the philosopher, not the children's goop. Okay. Ah. Plato, yep. the philosopher. Okay. Um, Katie was working really hard on that one. <laughs> yeah. I think she was working really hard on that one. And now she's laugh. disappointed in me. She's like, oh my God, no. Uh, but Plato was the one that called her the 10th muse. So uh, Plato was a very big man on the Greek campus 130 years after Sappho died. So he was singing her praises way back then. She was also called the poetess, which is also what Barb is called. Right, the poetess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, which I believe roughly translates to the only woman poet you were allowed to know about for hundreds of years. Like there, there was just one. It was Sappho, and that was it. So, 
Um, so I'm sure you're all asking, how did she get so famous, Leah? <laughs> Leah. Leah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You almost asked me. Uh, how did she get so famous? Oh, thank you. My gosh, it was like in stereo. So let me tell you. So she performed at music festivals on Lesbos. Now, Lesbos. Performed, huh? Was it Lilith Fair? Has a reputation. <laughs> it's not. Oh, my goodness. Try wherever MTV hosted Spring Break. That's Lesbos. Oh, I love that. Wherever. I'm going to go there. You're going to go on Spring Break? Yeah, you're going to go to Cancun? <laughs> you remember the ads for Fire Island, what it was supposed to be? Yeah. That yeah, would be yeah, yeah, yeah. like Lesbos. Hell okay? yeah. And then also, uh, like Burning Man and Coachella. That's Lesbos. Mm. All right. So I keep saying hell yeah, like I would go to one. Of I know, those, right? You're like none of not There's too many house. people there. No, yes, exactly. No. <laughs> Two people either. However, that sounds pretty badass. Yes, doesn't right? it though? Mm-hmm. It's the most so epic she was party. A rock star poetess. Ever. Yes, the poetess. The poetess. Yes, exactly. So Lesbos uh, was also known for its beautiful women. They were dropped mm. at gorgeous, and they were loosey goosey, timey wimey on their thoughts about sexuality. <laughs> well, there you go. Now it's also not just women on women action happening at Lesbos. Uh, it is also love and acceptance and sexuality of all colors of the rainbow on Lesbos. Why does this sound like fan oh, fiction written by a man? It's gonna sound a lot more like that soon. Okay. <laughs> I will say there was this BBC documentary that was talking and trying to like lay the groundwork of what Lesbos kind of was at the time. Mm-hmm. There was actually a Greek turn of phrase that was said to do a lesbian. Now, to do a lesbian actually translated to a woman from Lesbos giving a man a blowjob. Oh. Hmm. So it's not at all what you thought it was. <laughs> So in other words, Lesbos had a lot of different reputations and not all of them women on women. Uh, So I was kind of disappointed. Yeah, because it's it's not Wonder Woman's The Mascara. I know it's called Thermascara, but I call it The Mascara, you know, the Amazon Mm. island of women. Yeah, Mm. no, it's not that. Uh, So it was more like this. And I I really hate to take love out of any kind of equation, but it was a lot of networking, which is really horrible. But Lesbos was very fractured in its society and its little niche groups. Um, It had lots of cliques, kind of like my high school during lunch hour. You know what I'm talking about? So there would be, on Lesbos, men would have sexual relationships with other men to to gain allies. And women would have sexual alliances with other women for the exact same reasons. Um, It was, to one extent, power. But then that power dynamic also included being a courtesan, being a prostitute, and even eunuchs as well had certain power in lesbo society. So you might be thinking, hey, Leah, (laughs) the Greeks are known to have openly gay relationships. So what makes lesbo so different? Are you guys going to ask me that? No? That was too long. Okay. That's fair. fair. We we struggled with the much shorter question. I was just going to say, that sounds sexy. Doesn't it, though? Oh, yeah. It is. Power and sex. Um, But here's the thing. So here's what's different with Greece across the pond than lesbos. Mm. Is that Greece was still weird about women's rights. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So here's like kind of a, an example of it. So if a uh, if a woman was in her house, the rules for her were a little bit better. But if she was out on the street, you know, living her life, uh, the law was not so much on her side. The example is um, if a woman was raped inside her home the man would uh, be beheaded. If a woman was raped outside of her home, 
the man would go free on a misdemeanor, no charge. Because Greek wanted women to stay at home. Oh. Right? Exactly. And I'm also going to coyly mention, I don't know if you two remember, uh, the Horayan Games, the Horayan Games, the Olympics with the boob out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There was this whole Olympics yeah, thing yeah, with yeah, the one yeah. boob out, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember you talking so about So I talked about women's rights, and that was 776. Yeah, 776 BC. So this is like 150 years before that. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So women who have sexual relationships with women, who also sang about it at very interesting festivals, uh, were all across the pond in Lesbos, right? So Sappho was the spot, not Sappho, Lesbos. Lesbos was the spot to get your freak on, and Sappho was right there in the middle of it. Oh. Um, so... And it's weird to say get your freak on because we know about Zeus and that fucking swan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> and yet, Lesbos was still uh, right in a, in a bigger part than that. So, so it was like Las Vegas. Yes, but they talked about it. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like La- it's like Las Vegas mm-hmm. Halloween weekend. Yes, but they talk about it and they sing songs about it. You don't have to stay in Las Vegas. I mean, yes. Lesbo Island. Yes, exactly. You can, yeah. you can hit it and quit. You can go there and then go home. <laughs> you can write it. You can Odyssey strap in about and it. strap on. Yes. Or something. Thank you, Barb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Sappho is the headliner of the main festivals that are happening in Lesbos. Um, so if you remember when Beyonce finally headlined Coachella mm-hmm. and they renamed it Beychella, nice. that is basically what Sappho does when she is uh, performing at a festival. So she plays an instrument called a barbatos. Has your name on it, nice. Barbatos. I like it. Uh, it is related to the lyre, which is related yeah. to the harp, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so if you picture just kind of like a handheld little harp thing, then you've got what she plays. So you're it's saying that there's a, a lot turtle. of a lot of <laughs> a lot of fingering action going on. There is. There is. There's a lot yeah. of fingering. Makes sense. Um, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I dig. I dig what you're putting down there. Also, <laughs> each one of the strings are called a lyric, hmm. oh. and that's where we get lyrics from. The song lyrics are hmm. each one. Fun little fact that will get you nowhere. So this playing this harp thing, and she's also singing the most earworm songs ever created. Okay? <laughs> because these are songs that people had so stuck in their heads, they passed them on generationally <laughs> hundreds of years later. Wow. So to give you a context, like how could that ever happen? Does anybody know Patty Cake, Patty Cake, Baker's Man? Yeah. That was written 300 years ago. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it's kind of like that, where we're still singing the song. We still know it for some odd reason, like, in our DNA. That was <laughs> Sappho's songs were very much wow. like that. Um, she wrote these songs. She sang these songs at big festivals. Um, she also performed them at religious events and at weddings. She was very popular at the weddings. She would write some sexy songs about the bride and groom. So not a pat- lot more about the bride not- than the groom sometimes. <laughs> so not patty cake. Not patty cake. Okay. No, that was Different just. Kind of patty I had to try to find a song that we all knew that yes, was like so yes. long ago. Yeah. That wasn't a biblical hymn because it's like, well, of course we're going to get that throughout, you know, right. through yeah. the church. Right. But what is a rando song? Um, so what made Sappho like different with this? Is that, um, and I could be the cold medicine talking as well. This is me just kind of apostulizing. Uh, But she was a woman 
who spoke her truth and did not give a shit what anybody thought of her. I dig it. She's kind of like Aretha Franklin singing Respect. Yeah. Uh, She's kind of like Lizzo playing the goddamn flute. I mean, a flute. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we still give her credit for it. And it's like Beyonce releasing an entire album about her husband cheating on her, right? And then loving it. So it's that truth. It's that honesty um, paired with hot female sexuality, right? It's magical, it's transcendent, it's memorable. It's also dangerous. Look at that. (laughs) So it's dangerous to those people who don't like women. (laughs) I feel like this is going to go to a dark place now. It kind of does, but at the same time, we still love her. (laughs) So it's dangerous to those who also don't want women to grow up to be sapphic. Because there was a term, sapphic, which actually meant more women-on-women action Uh, than lesbian did. So they didn't want sapphic-type women. uh, Uh, It's most likely they didn't want women to step into their truth, into their power, mm. because other people would, like, listen to you and be like, wait, I want to do that, too. Um, But also, she was talking about how you didn't need men. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you think right. that might terrify some white dudes? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. So Sappho wrote at least 10,000 lines of lyric poetry. They don't talk about how many completed poems. They talk about it in lines. Uh, that is just the ones that we know about. The problem is very few of them actually mm-hmm. exist fully complete. Most of them are just fragments, just a couple of lines, totally out of context and stuff. There are many theories to why this is. The first is that in her time, writing stuff down was not common. Yeah. It was about the yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. You sang yeah. about it so that people had the earworm and they remembered it. And they they remembered somebody else and it passed on. Exactly. Yeah. It was much faster. More people yeah. could listen than could read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was about the music. Uh, but people would start writing Sappho's music down later And it would be highly educated people who were writing down her poems. Mm -hmm. Uh, They wrote them down on papyrus. Yeah. Papyrus does not last. Does not last. No. (laughs) You roll it up. It gets damp. The whole damn thing is ruined. It's gone. It just turns into dust. Also, people were rewriting over freaking papyrus all the time. Mm. It was like nature's whiteboard, apparently, was papyrus at one point. Some people left it in lighthouses. Yep. I mean... They just... Yeah, exactly. So, many of the gatekeepers who did spend time handwriting stuff that was in a preservation-like manner... Um, were men, so just insert the sexism here. Yeah. They were also, a lot of them were monks. Oh. Do you think monks wanted to write about girl-on-girl action? (laughs) maybe. I mean, I think they should. Maybe they did in their spare time. That's one of the manuscripts they put under their pillow. That's what you would (laughs) think. But maybe those were on papyrus, so they, you know what I mean, they could erase them later. The worst font. Right. Now, this is the part where Bonnie and I start crying. Then we get to the Library of Alexandria. Bonnie and I are still not over Mm -hmm. this Alexandria bullshit. So, um, many of her poems were collected and championed and saved at the Library of Alexandria. There was nine scrolls that were dedicated to her poetry. At least 2,000 lines of her poetry Mm. existed there in its entirety, not in fragments, the whole freaking thing. But either Julius Caesar accidentally burned it down (laughs) or the Christians destroyed the library and it just all poofed away. 
So there was our best chance of being able to get it, but no. Uh, but Sappho's poetry was found in more modern times, thanks to excavations and the fragments that they would find. A large portion of her work was found in a rubbish heap. Oh, jeez. So from the Library of Alexandria to a dump is where we find a lot of her work. So much of what we know about Sappho is because she wrote her shit down. <laughs> Like, she wrote about it in her poetry, much like Anne Sexton. Yeah. She wrote yeah. about her life. We know she had three brothers, because she wrote about them. Um, she especially wrote about one of her brothers, who went and took the family fortune and spent it all on a rosy-faced prostitute. <laughs> and squandered the family's money. All to hell! Uh, so, we also know that she was exiled to Sicily. Once or twice. It's very hard to say whether or not she's talking about the same trip or it's happening again or reflecting back. But we do know she was exiled to Sicily. And she was exiled because... She was, she was lesbian. It, no, actually, it was money or politics. It was either because her brother squandered... Because it happened right around the time that her brother mm. like spent all the money on the prostitute. But it was also when there was a government changeover in politics uh. on Lesbos. <clears throat> so she could have been on the wrong side of... You shouldn't Politics. be writing that kind of stuff. Right. And that's, yep. Yes, yep. exactly. So it's much more possible that it's the political yep, side yep. of it. Um, so here is the very weird thing. And this is where I think. Wait, we're just now getting oh, to okay. the weird thing? This is more weird yeah. things. Okay. All right. Yes. I was okay. going to say. So famous people <laughs> later through history um, really, really liked writing comical plays about other famous people. So think drunk history and think like the famous roasts of B celebrities, okay? okay? Sappho was constantly targeted in comedy farce plays. Uh, they would find the shortest, ugliest dude to play Sappho, the supposedly Aww. gorgeous woman from the island of Lesbos, um, and, you know, trying to take away her magical womanness, right? But in at least one of these plays that was written down said that Sappho was married to a man. Yep. <laughs> and that name was then written down in historical documents as truth. And what does his name translate to, Bonnie? It's, it's something stupid. It's like I've Mr. Four, yeah. Mr. Dicky Dickman. <laughs> <laughs> I have Prick from Man Island. Dick of Man. Oh my and my Dick favorite one, man. Dick Alcock from the Isle of Man. <laughs> Fabulous. That is what his name translated to. Fabulous. So that one was written down as fact, but it was most likely from these comedy plays that were done about oh, her. Oh, dear Lord. And no one bothered she to. She could have married a dude named Richard. Who sure. knows? Maybe, quite Maybe. possibly. Richard Maybe Dickerson. he was a chicken farmer. She no. didn't really write about any dudes, so... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, another aspect of her life that we're really not sure about is her death. So it is said that Sappho killed herself by jumping off the cliffs in love of a ferryman. The source of this is very unclear, but there's lots of freaking paintings, as you know, Bonnie, by dudes of her death. Oh, I just can't handle this love of a man. I must kill myself. It really is trying to put Sappho back into a heterosexual like context yeah, mm -hmm. and be like her life couldn't be lived without a dude, basically. 
Um, but it is not actually the truth of it. And where's the rest of my note? Oh my goodness. <gasps> no! Um, that's not my notes. Hold on a second. Uh, did gets, you, um, It gets good. I have it on the thing. Somebody has to eat the last cookie. <laughs> um, Look at her. Just do you want me like, to... She's like, emergency do cookie. Do you think we have... Oh, I've got it on my phone. Oh. I'm totally good. Yes, You're fine. Exactly. Though. Technology. Well, it will get eaten. Is amazing. Yes. Why well, you guys cookie yeah. monster? Okay. All right. So, dun dun dun. Oh, it's the music sleep. man. I know. Don't go to sleep yet. It's getting good. All right. So then, yes, Dick Alcock from the Island of Man. Yep. There we go. All right. So, uh, so it's trying to put her back in her heterosexual place because at the end of her life, the idea is that only man could satisfy her quest for living. Yeah. Does that not sound like a dude freaking wrote it? Absolutely. There you go. Male fan fiction. Exactly. <laughs> That's why exactly. I said we get back to it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So here's the thing about Sappho's poetry. It has women's names in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article entitled The Lost Lesbian by uh, Bernard Knox in the New Republic says, Fifth century Athens... Even in lawsuits in which their property may be the issue, women's names were never mentioned. So Sappho was so rebellious just naming women, let alone saying the women that she loved, that she admired, that she found beautiful. So women's names are power in poetry. Our modern day example would be the say her name, call and response initiative is very much that same thing. But I wanted to end with Sappho's words, which is why I had to freaking find my notes. Mm. She said, when you lie dead, there will be no memory of you. No one missing you afterward. I think that someone will remember us in another time. Nice. Right? So she's always speaking for the ladies. She's naming the ladies. So whatever truth of Sappho you kind of take, take it. Because it's really quite fun. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. There you go. That is Sappho, damn it. And that was a lot of cold medicine that I was on. Perfect. (laughs) Loved it. I want to go to part of Lesbian Island. I think we should. Yeah. I think they tried to do it as Fire Islands, but corrupt men can't make that shit happen. It's got to be Lilith Fair again. Right? Yeah. It's the only way to get that shit going. (laughs) Exactly. Should I wrap us up? For the whole month. For the whole month. Oh, yes. For this was all, incredible. All of the poetry. All right. So that wraps us up for Poetry Gals Month. Join us next week as we celebrate Asian Heritage Month. We hope to see you soon at the Gals Guide Library. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.